we'll get right to the review of yesterday's Dav Tavchav Aleph and today's Dav Chav Beis. We start a brand new parak today. So if you didn't understand up until now, you have a new opportunity to not understand. Okay. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Okay, and with that, we'll start on the review. We started uh, yesterday's Dav three lines from the bottom of the page on Dav Chav Beis. We're learning the Nishmas Moshe David Ben Aftal Yosef Alevi. And Krenabas Tzvi Zaev. And with that, the Gemara tells us that there are three voices that are so powerful that they span the entire earth. And uh, they are the, sub, the sound of the sun that cuts through the sky, the sound of the Hamoino Shal Romi. I don't know what that means, but some uh, opposite. I was talking to my wife about the idea of noise canceling. So she explained to me that the way sounds work is that it comes out in waves. So there's like a wave, it goes up, goes down. And you can actually manufacture a sound that is the opposite wave. And when you have both of those sounds together, they actually cancel each other out and you can't hear anything. So that's what it, so they're actually, um, the, the sun coming through the sky and Amun Romi are opposite sounds and then you don't hear it. Anyway, that was the, that was the, that was the explanation I got. I thought it was interesting. Anyway, and also the sound of the neshama when it goes out of the body. And some say also birth, and some say also the ridya, which is the rain uh, that comes down, the malach that is in charge of providing uh, water, um, either from the sky or from beneath the ground. And um, the rabbis pray that when the neshama leaves the body, that we shouldn't hear that sound, and they got rid of it. We did, okay, so anyway, bottom line is that was all the support to Rav's opinion that Karagavra, Kriyasa Gavra means Karagavra, it means referring to the, the man calling out the Gvini Kroos like we saw. And we also have a Brisa that supports Rav Shiloh, who says that it's Tarnagol, it's the rooster, because it says when somebody wants to travel, and he's traveling before Kriyasa Gavra, his blood is on his head, he's taking his life in his own hands, that's a risky time to leave. Um, what the expression is that he should be Yotze Bikitov, which is the description of the sunlight. You start traveling in the day, um, and that's the so you have to wait till after Kriya Gever. And uh, Rabbi says after the second time, some say after the third time. And which Tarnagol are we talking about? A typical Tarnagol, not the early bird one, and not the late, the, the late one, the middle one. Which basically shows that the word Kriyasagever means the rooster's crow. Okay. Next we saw is reviewed in the name of Rav that when Kal Yisrael were Ola Regel, they, um, they would stand completely um, packed. And when they bowed, they bowed and it was plenty of space. And they were so packed when they were standing that they actually filled the Azara and it went all the way around to behind the, the, the Kodesh HaKadoshim area. For those eleven amas, so um, the question. Um, so that's the miracle. It was quite a miracle that basically when they bowed down, that they had the space. And we mentioned yesterday, Rashi explains that uh, this was so that people shouldn't be hearing in on another person's, um, uh, uh, you know, vidui. Okay, and this is one of the ongoing, the, one of the ten miracles that happened in the base of Migdash. And we listed them. It's a Mishnah in Pirkei Avos. 
What are the ten miracles that were done in the Beis Hamikdash? First of all, a woman was never a woman who had a miscarriage from smelling the meat of Hagdish that she was not able to eat. Number one. Number two, um, there was never meat in the Beis Hamikdash that ever spoiled. Number three, a fly was never seen in the butchery of the Beis Hamikdash. Number four, Kohen uh, Gadol never had a seminal mission on Yom Kippur. Number five, the, the, the Omer was never found to be puzzle. Number six, the Ishtar Lechem never was found to be puzzle. And number seven was that the Lechem Apana was never found to be puzzle. The Omdim Tzfufim Mishtachvim Revachim was another one. And then we got, that's eight. And then uh, there was never a snake and a scorpion that in Yerushalayim that, 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 that harmed somebody. And nobody ever said to his friend, is the last one, that it's too crowded that I spend the night in Yerushalayim. There's always a bed available somewhere. Okay. So, problem is, is that we said that there are ten miracles in the Beis Amigdash, and we listed eight in the Beis Amigdash, but nine and ten was Yerushalayim. Nothing to do with the Beis Amigdash. So the Gemara says, you're right, scratch those. It was actually two others that were in the base of Migdash. Number one, the rain never put out Tatsi Meracha. And number two, the smoke of the Meracha, no matter how windy it was, it never dispersed the clouds, the, the smoke. Now, um, the Gemara says, this is, that's it? There's only those ten? What about uh, Rav Shmaya Mikal Nebo? He said that the Shivrei uh, Klicheres were Nivlombim Kalman. And the Mora and Nosa and the Dishim is Bechapnimi, Dishim Menorah, all were swallowed in its place. That was pretty miraculous. These things never took up any space. They started, they sunk into the ground and nothing, you know, they never accumulated. So the Gemara says, um, so the Gemara says that basically um, uh, we mentioned three things that are, were possible, that never became possible. And that was the Omer, Shteh Alechem, and Lechem Really, Psulim, it goes all into one category, so you just scratch two out of that, and then we have two more available for these two. Problem with that is, is that these two are also, it's Nivla Bimkomo, you, you should truncate it to one thing of things that got swallowed in its place, and then we're short ones. So the says there was actually an additional one, which was the Lechma Panam that the showbread stayed fresh, um, even though it was nine days ago baked. And it was still hot and fresh, like as if it was baked. So that was another ongoing miracle. So the Gemara says, um, is that it? Or wasn't, we have other miracles that we are familiar with. What about the fact that the Aaron never took up any space? What about the Kruvim that never took up any space? That were B'nai Sayu owned him? So the Gemara says, we don't talk about those, because that's Nisei de, 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 de Gavoy, and we're only talking about Nisei de Broy, meaning we're only talking about miracles that are on the outside, that are visible, and um, we don't talk about miracles that are on the, um, on the inside, okay, that weren't noticed and seen by anybody else. Okay, so um, the Gemara says um, that uh, Rish Lakish says, uh, when it says, Shulchan uh, HaTohar, um, there's a, uh, how do you, so the Gemara says, what, well, then Lechem Apanim, that was also hidden inside the Kodesh. So where's the miracle that's visible to all? The answer is, it actually was visible to all. And that's because, the, it says the Shulchan Ator, 
implying that it can be subject to Tumah. Why would it be subject to Tumah? It will fall, it should fall under the category of what we call a Kli'eta also in the Nachas, a wooden utensil that's meant to stay put, which is not subject to Tumah, and it also is Chotzeitz Bifnei Tumah, it blocks Tumah. So, the answer is, is that when the, when the Oli Regal, when the Jewish people came up on the holidays, they would lift up the table to carry the showbread that they, the people in the populace would be able to see. You could actually see how fresh the, the, the Lech Ma'aponim was, even though it was nine days old. And it shows you how beloved the Jewish people are. Um, there's a lot of interesting things uh, that connect to the Lech Ma'aponim in our uh, challah that we have on Shabbos. The, uh, I don't know if you know that, the, that there's a minhag, some people have the minhag, to have a six-braided challah. And you have two challahs, so it's two six-braided challahs, so each of those six-braided challahs is, um, is like, a com- is like a tw- so it's like 12, com- you know, six plus six is 12. Anyway, interesting. It's related to the to, to Lechmapanim. There were 12 loaves of Lechma Pani, so you're like sort of connecting to the 12 loaves. Anyway. So Minnick had 12? Uh, yeah. You saw, the, you saw yes. Minnick have 12 chalas? Yes. Little, uh, uh, yes. yeah, I've seen that by Sfardim. Yeah. They have like these little rolls and they, they have and 12. A lot of people heat them up in the other two to be hot. I also get it hot, right? I also serve it hot on, right, right, right. You see that? So it stays fresh. I've seen, I heard about it. Back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, typically it's a six braid of challah. That's a standard thing. Okay, that brings us to the next thing. Okay, so um, so that was bottom line. It's a miracle that was visible to all. Kamara says, but there was more. There was a, a golden tree in the time of Shlomo Melach. He planted this tree in the base of Migdash that produced fruit that was pure gold, and uh, the, when the wind would blow, they would, they would knock against each other and they would fall to the ground, and it continually grew till, all the way till, Kalyus, uh, till um, the enemy came in, and then the tree dried up. So uh, that's an ongoing miracle. So the Gemara answers, that was uh, the, the, and we, the Gemara tells us that we will get it back eventually, but the point being is, the Gemara says that to explain why that doesn't count is because that's an ongoing miracle. It's kavua. We're only listing miracles that weren't like a, a, an ongoing thing. So the Gemara says, now that we say that, so then Aaron, the Kruvim, also don't belong, even if, it was, even if it was outside, it's something that's kavua. We don't list that. So that brought us to one of the miracles that we mentioned before is that the Ashamaracha. Um, never moved from its place. The question is, since when was there even smoke to the Maracha? We, have to, we learn that, uh, that there were five things stated about the fire of the Maracha. It was crouched like a lion. It's bright as the sun. It has a physicality to it. You could actually touch it. I don't know. I'm not saying to touch it, but I'm saying you, it, had to, it was solid. And it, eat, it would eat lachin uh, and kievation. And it never produced any smoke. So the Gemara says that um, we're talking about the smoke is came from the private fi- the fire that Klai- that Klai Yisrael added on because although there was a fire that always came down from heaven there's a mitzvah lahavim and hediot and that's what the pasuk says when Aaron 
Eish alam is beach. Even though there's a fire that comes down from heaven, there's a mitzvah lavim in a hedim. So the Gemara is bothered by another thing. We mentioned that this fire is revutza ka'ari, crouched like a lion. Problem is, Rav Chanin is kind of calling him. He says, I actually saw this, this, uh, this, 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 this fire on top of the Mizbech, and it was crouched like a dog. Not the same thing. So the Gemara says, it's a difference between Mikdash Rishon and Mikdash Shani. Um, so the Gemara says, who says there was even any fire that came down from heaven in Mikdash Shani? Because the, the Pasuk says, uh, that it's written without and that's because there was five things that were lacking in Baishini that, that, that were there in Baish Rishon. And they are the Aron Kaporas Kruvim, Eish, uh, um, uh, so Aron Kaporas, I guess it's one, Kruvim, Eish, Shechina Ruach Kodesh and Urum Vitumim. Anyway, the point being is, is that the, I don't know how they, I don't, I'm not sure how they're counting five here. Um, but uh, uh, maybe Oren Kaporos is one, Kruvim um, is maybe part of that, and then Eish, Shechina, Rucha, Kodesh, or Metumim. I'm not sure exactly. Um, some of these are combined together. And uh, anyway, the bottom line is that there was this, um, the fire that came down from heaven, but it didn't actually consume anything. It was just there. So, um, and uh, that brought us to an interesting observation regarding fires. There are six types of fires that we find um, that exist. Number one, there's the fire that only uh, consumes food, solids, and not liquids. And then there's those that, are, that, uh, that only consumes liquids and not solids. And then there's one that, con- that consumes liquids and solids. And then there's one that um, treats uh, moist things like dry things and burns them equally and then there's a fire that pushes away other fire and then there's a fire that swallows up other that 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 dis, that eats fire so going through the the one that that consumes solids and not liquids that's our, our, our fire that we're familiar with you can't it never burns liquids but it does burn solids um, that it drinks and doesn't eat that's um, the fire of a fever because you only, when you have a fever, you tr- you only want to drink. You don't want to eat anything, so it can't consume solids. Um, eats and drinks. That's a leo because it, it it also burnt the water, which was something miraculous about the fire that came down from heaven by the time of Eliyahu Navi, when he had the cha- when he challenged the Nuviyah Abal. Then it's Ochelas Lachin Kivation. That was the one of the Maracha, like we talked about. And the Oish Dochesh was Gavriel, when he saved Hananiah Mishal Vazaria in the fiery furnace, he pushed the fire away. And then there's an Eish Ochelasesh, that's the divine presence that we find that uh, when the angels uh, said uh, not to create man, so God, you know, you know, put his finger there, so to speak, and burnt it up. Anyway, those are the six fires. Question is, is did the Asha Maracha really not move at all? Um, well, Rabbi Yitzchak Baravdimi says that on Matzi Yom Tavachron Shalchag, on the last day, the end of the last day of Sukkot, everyone's looking at the smoke to see which direction it goes. If it's going to the north, then all the poor people are going to be happy because that means a very rainy year. And the Balabatim are sad because they can't charge a lot for the fruit because it won't last very long, short, short shelf life. Um, and uh, the, 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 they'll, they'll rot too quickly. Comes to the south, so then the Aniyam are sad, and the Balabatim are happy because they're going to be able to have a longer shelf life. It's not too much rain, it's a little bit of rain, and therefore, 
prices will be nice and high, and it's good. It's a good year for the rich, not so good for the poor. If it goes to the east, everyone's happy. If it goes to the west, everyone's sad. Um, so the Gemara says, you're right. It does move, but it doesn't move like it doesn't disperse. The cloud remains in a pillar form, and it just sways like a palm tree. Um, now we said to the east, everyone's happy. To the west, everyone's sad. Problem is, is that we said elsewhere that the east is always good, and the west is always bad. So, and the north is good for the wheat and bad for, uh, um, and bad for the olives, and the south is good for the olives and bad for the wheat. And we explained that follows the pattern of looking in the base of Migdash, the shulchan which had wheat is to the north, so a northern wind is positive for it, and uh, the south was the menorah which had oil, which is olives, which um, the southern wind is good for it. The problem is, is that we've seen a contradiction in between east and west. Is east happy news or sad news? That's the question. Um, so the Gemara explains, um, right, so, uh, so, so again, it's hard to explain this. Actually, if you're reading the words, Mizrachis is, um, means it's blowing east. Um, uh, is, um, is, is the eastern wind, meaning it's coming from the east is good. And Maravis means it's coming from the west. And we said Klape Mizrach is good news, and Klape Mariv towards the east is good, meaning a western wind coming from the west. Anyway, bottom line is it's contradictory. The answer is it depends who, where you are. If you're in Bavel or in Eretz Yisrael, in Bavel, it's... Uh, Naturally, it's a it's a it's lowlands. There's a lot of uh, rivers there, so it's anyway. Um, so a little bit drier is actually good news. Um, uh, and uh, uh, in Eretz Yisrael, which is mountainous, um, extra dryness is big problems. So that's the story, and that is where we got up to yesterday. We'll take it from here.